Now today we're going to talk about four different types of soil, starting with bad soil and going down to good soil. The question is, can bad dirt become good soil? That's the topic today. With me is Heather Henry, and she's going to sing for us today. Heather is a uh, wonderful person with a wonderful talent, and whenever she comes to our church, when she comes in, she's like a light bulb that goes on. <laughs> Heather, um, where do you come from? I live in Fontana, California. And where's Fontana? It is right near Ontario, if anyone knows where the Ontario airport is mm. in Southern California. How long have you been singing gospel songs? I have loved to sing since I was a little girl, and I started taking voice lessons at the age of 13, and uh, Christian music probably since about 18 years old. You have a family. I see your children sometimes come with you. Yes. I have a husband of 15 years mm -hmm. and three beautiful children, 13, 11, and 9. Can you tell us, because the gospel means something to you, it's, it's expressed in the way you sing, in the way you look expressed in your face. How did you get to know Jesus as your savior? When I was 13 years old, my mom took me to a prayer meeting and they asked me there if I wanted to accept Jesus as my savior. And I said yes, and they prayed with me. And after that, when I started reading the Bible, that's really when I started to grow in the Lord. Yeah. So accepting him was the first step, but reading his word was really the step that helped me to grow and become a strong Christian. Do you still read the Word? Every day. You read your Bible every day? Yes. And you can see it in your face? Amen. <laughs> uh, that's, that's what the sermon is going to talk about today, turning bad dirt into good soil. We're going to talk about Matthew chapter 13. What are you going to sing for us now? I'm going to sing a song called With All My Heart, With All I Am. And it talks about just giving God all that we are. We're so glad to have you with us today. And Michelle. So welcome to the program, and we love you, and God loves you, and thank you for coming. God bless you, Heather. Thank you. Thank you.
walk with you wherever you go through tears and joy I'll trust in you and I will live in all of your ways your promises forever Ladies and gentlemen, we have a special guest today at the Carter Report and this great church. This is Steve Souser, who is the leading elder of this congregation. Steve and I have been friends for years and, we're, and he's coming with us to the great land of, of South Africa in just a few weeks' time. Steve, welcome to our ministry, welcome to our church. For how long have you been a believer in Christ? Well, thank God all my life. Uh, thanks to my mom, my dad, my grandmother. They, they raised me in the Christian faith. You were blessed. So your mom and dad were believers. Your grandmother were believers. How did they 
introduce you to Christ and the Bible? Well, very early, they, they took me to Sabbath school. They, my dad will always make sure I went Wednesday nights. And then at home, my, my grandmother, I would always see her praying and reading her Bible. You saw your grandmother praying, reading a Bible. Glory. Los Angeles is going through tough times. America is going through tough times. Unemployment is worst it's been in, you know, a lifetime. Possibly in this area around our church, unemployment is 12, 13, 14, 15 percent. How are you doing as a business person? Well, thank God I'm surviving, but it's still a, a difficult economy to work in. What is your profession? I'm an accountant. Currently, I'm the controller of a company. Now, you told me uh, things have not always been easy for you because you know what it is to be laid off. Yes, I've been laid off five times. Five times. Mm -hmm. Somebody up at the back of the church said, why? We consider that to be an inappropriate question. <laughs> <laughs> times get tough. Yeah. When you've been laid off, what have been your thoughts? Well, it's easy to get discouraged because you think, well, nobody needs you, you're worthless. But I always try to tend to, to the positive. And what I made sure is I, I had my devotional time every morning so that I won't get negative. And so I kept myself busy. I, I would read a book, uh, the good books, Christian books, and then I took a class online, just trying to stay positive and ready for the next assignment. And Steve, that's what you are. You're a positive person, you think positively, you read your Bible, you're a dynamic Christian leader in our community. You're coming with us to Africa. Yeah. And all of us thank God for Steve Souser, his wife Maria, and your beautiful children. Happy Sabbath, Stephen. God bless you. Thank you. Happy Sabbath. God bless you. One of the great reformers was a man by the name of John Calvin who taught many, many good ideas. I don't think his idea, as he expressed it on predestination, was such a good idea. He became the follower of many, many millions of people. He taught that before time and eternity, God ordained or predestined those who are going to be saved and those who are going to be lost. Therefore, if you belong to the elect, you would be saved. But if you did not belong to the elect, whatever you did, you would be damned and burned for all eternity in a white hot furnace. In other words, he said, bad dirt will always be bad dirt. Hmm. What do you think about that? The topic is, is it possible for hard, uh, packed down dirt to become good fertile soil? Calvin said, and millions say, no, you are what you are. Can bad dirt become good soil. That's the topic. Can bad dirt become good soil? My text is found in Matthew 13. Matthew 13 verses 1 down to 9 and please turn to the texts. Matthew 13 verses 
one down to nine, I want to send a greeting to my friends around the world, my friends especially at Avondale College, uh, Dr. Tom and Pam Ludowisi, all of you over there. I want to send greetings to my friends in South Africa, also my friends in India. Now the rest of you here, I send you greetings too. Matthew 13, verses 1 and onwards. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it, while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was what? Shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. Or as the King James Version says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And thus I say to you today in this church, and to the vast television audience, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Here we have four classes of hearers. And I'm going to go to the blackboard, and I'm going to write on the blackboard. Four classes of hearers. We ready for this? Those along the path where the dirt has been trampled down. Along the path. These are people we're going to see who are hard. Along the path. They have been beaten down. The second class that Jesus spoke about, and you know this as well as I do, Jesus spoke about shallow soil because it's got lots and lots and lots of rocks. So it is shallow because of the rocks. And then thirdly, my dear friend, you have the soil that is filled with thorns. Ah, what does this represent, I wonder? But soil that is filled with thorns. And number four, you have rich, deep, fertile soil. So we're going to write here, good, good soil. And the question we are going to explore today as we move through the Holy Scriptures is simply this, can 
bad soil become good soil or should we give up on bad soil? And can thorny soil become good soil and can shallow soil somehow get some body to it? We shall discuss this as we go along. Now, I want to remind you at this stage of the little thing, the few words I reminded you of some time ago. Listen, the cat, what does he do? Remember the cat? The cat looks at the king. But does the cat see the king? No. He doesn't know whether he's a king or not. The cat looks at the king, but the cat doesn't. He looks, but he doesn't see. The cat can look, but he doesn't have insight. So we need to pray today that the Lord will help us not only to look, but to see. As we pursue the question, can bad soil become good soil? Would you please notice Matthew chapter 13, 15, and 16? Matthew 13, 15, and 16. Jesus said, For this people's heart has become calloused. What does it mean, calloused? Hard. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I will heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see, and your ears because they hear. You can see, but not see. And you can hear and not hear, as we shall discover when we discuss the four different types of hearers. Would you please notice Matthew 13 and verse 18 and onwards, and our blessed Lord tells us what it means. Please notice it in the Holy Word. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. So I come over here to this blackboard. Number one, we have people here without spiritual without spiritual perception or understanding. So when the word is preached on television or in church, it doesn't go in because their hearts are hard. They lack spiritual perception. You see, they look at the king but they don't see the king because they have no spiritual perception. Now, it is quite 
likely that in this beautiful church there are people sitting here today who have no spiritual perception, no understanding. Now notice verse 20 and 21. Where Jesus goes on, he says, verse 20 and 21, the one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, he lasts only for a short time. When trouble or persecution comes, because of the word, he quickly falls away. This is the second type of hearer. The second type of hearer, the person who sits in church or who's been brought up in the church, but it doesn't endure. Jesus said, this person is a shallow person. He is a superficial person but the Bible tells me he receives the word of God with joy. And so he comes to a, a great evangelistic campaign, and when he hears it, he says, Hallelujah, I've been searching for this all of my life. Praise God. And he is quickly baptized, and the believers rejoice. But when the son comes up, what happens to him? Ha-ha! <laughs> this is what happens. Because the soil is shallow, it doesn't hold the water. And he doesn't last for a long time. The question is, can this become this? I see some of you saying, no, it's impossible. But remember, the faith that we believe talks about miracles and resurrections. So this is the superficial person who's quite bubbly and happy, but somebody in the church says to him, X, Y, Z, and the, he says, or she says, I won't be back again. <laughs> Have you met them? Or I didn't get invited to luncheon. They had a luncheon without me. <laughs> Not even trouble or persecution. So this is the shallow, joyful person. Superficial. Now look at verse 22. Jesus goes on. The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word. That's everybody sitting here today, including me, who hears the word, but... The worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. These people 
not bad people. They do have spiritual understanding. They are not shallow people. But they are preoccupied people. They are preoccupied with the things of this world. And without getting too close to anybody here, they spend much more time watching television than they do reading their Bibles. The thorns choke the word. How on earth am I going to make a living, they say. And therefore, they stop keeping the Sabbath for a start. And they stop reading their Bibles. They are not bad people. They are very, very busy people. But the thorns choke the word. Now, Without a miracle, each of these three classes is lost. Calvin was right. They are lost. Each of these three classes, that's three out of four, who hear the word, and we would not press that, but each of these three classes, if they should die, or if the Lord should come, they would be lost, good people, though they be. Now notice the fourth class, would you please? Please, the fourth class. Shall we read verse 22? No, verse 23. But the one who received the seed that fell on Good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. Therefore, there are steps. You must hear the word. You must understand it. He produces a crop yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. So, here we have another class of Christians. Because all of these people would call themselves Christians. This person is a fruitful person, and in spite of persecution, and in spite of a recession, and in spite of a threatened mortgage, the roots have gone down so deep that it produces... A marvelous harvest. This is produced. This is produced. And I must ask you the question, as I ask myself. Remember, the cat looks at the king. The cat doesn't see the king. Are you looking today or are you seeing? Or are your ears closed? Are your eyes blinded? Ask yourself the question. Now, someone said to me the other day, 
one of the elders of the church, she said to me, when you preach these sermons, nobody thinks it applies to them. I said, I've preached. She said, no. They say, this applies to somebody else, not to me. But it does apply to us. Therefore, I should have the courage to ask myself the question, am I a person sitting here today with no spiritual perception? Am I a shallow person? The Bible says shallow and joyful. <laughs> we think of a joyful person as being a saved person, but this is a shallow person. But joyfully receiving the word. This person is preoccupied. Very busy person. Very busy person. And the fourth person is a fruitful person. Now before we consider these four kinds of people in greater detail, we must turn our attention to the seed. What, I wonder, is the seed? Sower goes forth to sow. As he goes, they did in the old days, he had seed and he flung it around. What on earth or in the earth is the seed? Look at Matthew 13 and verse 19. Matthew 13, verse 19. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it and so forth, the seed uh, is the message about the kingdom of Christ. That's what Jesus said. The seed represents the message. Today, as a representative of Christ, I'm sowing some seed. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. The seed is the message of the kingdom of God. Would you please come over here to 1 Peter 1 and verse 23 and onwards, my dear friends. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 23 and onwards. 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 23 in the Holy Bible. Peter says, for you have been born again. Not of what? Say it. Not a perishable seed, but of what? Imperishable. Through the living and enduring word of God. For all men are like grass, and their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall. But the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you. The word of God is likened unto the seed. It is a seed that is unlike any other seed. Now, I'm going to do something very risky. Here I'm going to try to say it. Chris and the mums. 
chrysanthemums? Was that better? That is a word I can't say. Chrysanthemums. Did I say it? I'm like the man who went to a man like Dr. Bert Rudger, who is a wonderful doctor and a psychiatrist, Bert. And the man came along and the psychiatrist said, what is your problem, my good man? He said, I cannot speak. But the psychiatrist said, but you are speaking. Oh, he said, I cannot speak. Well, he said, say for me the word elephant. Ah, doctor, he said, elephant is the very word I cannot speak. <laughs> Let me try to say this again, because chrysanthemums is the very word I cannot speak. I'm not going to say it again. So when I refer to it again, I shall call them mums. That's what they call them, mums. I was taught to say mums when I was a little boy, when I talked to my mother. Now, I have in here something which is quite amazing. It took me a lot of trouble getting these things. I'm going to get them out. Mm. Now, watch this. Hey, they're falling out. I have about a dozen seeds there. Can you see them? Ah, you'll have to come up after the church service and examine my hand. Look at these seeds. They're so tiny. And they make these. It is a miracle. The seed has got life in it. I interviewed a great scientist this week, biochemist, on life in the laboratory. Scientists are trying to create life. He said, we don't even know a good definition for life. We know life when we see it. But there's life in the seed. And there's life in the word of God. We go shortly to Africa, and when I preach and when I sow the seed, this is what I will preach. I will preach there is a creator God who loves you. The Bible is his message to you. God became a man. Jesus, the man who wrote his own life story before he was born, made the universe. He made you. You are not an animal or a machine. There's life in the word. Christ died for our sins, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. There's life. How long does it take to be saved? Come now. You can be saved now if you truly come as a repentant sinner. You can be a new person. And I've seen thousands of lives changed by the power of God. I'm here to suggest to you today, not to suggest to you today, to proclaim to you today on the authority of the word of God uh, that number one can become number four. And if that is not so, what hope is there for you and what hope is there for me? 
I wish to tell you that the power of God is so great that if you and I let him, and that is the problem, we will not let him. But if we let him, he can take people with no spiritual perception, shallow people, people who are preoccupied, and he can make them good soil. That goes entirely against the doctrine of predestination. Listen, it is a powerful seed. Last Tuesday night we had a Carter Report board meeting. Mrs. Willie Jordan, a very dear friend of mine, I love her so much. She's in charge of the Fred Jordan mission. She's a saint of God. She's a great preacher. She came with us to Ukraine. I hope she can come with us to Africa. She wants to come with us to Africa. She said, I was there in the meeting, I think in Kharkov, Nepropetrovsk. She said there were thousands and thousands of people who'd never been exposed to the word before. She said, I will never forget a young woman just down from me a little bit, and as the word was preached, she was crying and receiving the word. That was not seed along the path, or shallow, or thorns, but she had a heart open to God. Mrs. Jordan said, it is a powerful word. Yes, it is. In that little seed that I dropped there, but I've got some others to prove to you I've got them here. In that seed is the power of God. Have you ever seen plants pushing up through the concrete along the freeways. Ever seen that? Driving along the freeway, the 101, 405, and there is a precocious plant that should be lying down and dying, and it has the temerity and the audacity to push up and grow through concrete. There's power in the seed because God is in the seed by his power. There's life in the seed. Now look at these mums <laughs> that came from those little seeds. Does anybody know where I got these? Here's a commercial. I'm not going to give it to you. I'm not going to tell you the name of the store, but it starts with C-O and it ends with C-O. $14. My Australian friends beat that. The beauty and the life and the color. And people have the audacity to say there is no God. All of this came from a tiny seed. When the seed of the word of God gets into good soil, it brings forth life. And that's why we need the word of God in our lives every day. That is why I've told you over and over, and some of you have only looked. 
but your ears have been deaf. Because to this point in time, some of you are hard and others are shallow and many have got so many thorns. And you think that I'm here as an entertainer to make you laugh. And you come to church and you say, boy, it was good today, wasn't it? It's as though you'd been to a circus. But I would have you know today, this life manifests itself in beauty and perfume. And it brings forth life. And that's why I personally need the word of God in my life every day. That's why I say to you, read your Bible every day. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. The seed elevates, refines, prospers, cleanses, brings health, healing, long lives, longevity, eradicates crime, poverty, and injustice wherever it goes. Come over here to Hebrews chapter 4, 12 and 13. Are you having a good time in church today? I'm having a good time in church today. Hebrews chapter 4, and this is a text about the divine word of God. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 and 13. You got the text? Okay, for the word of God. Say it with me. Come on, folks. Come on, for the word of God is what? It's living and active sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give account. I'm talking, my friend, uh, about a supernatural word, a mighty word. I've seen the power of this word manifested where people have got open hearts. There's power in the word. I'm going to give you an amazing evidence that the word of God is mighty and powerful. This may be politically incorrect, incorrect, but then so am I. This is Newsweek magazine. Most of you, I would hope, would read a good news magazine. It's like Time magazine. This is a famous American magazine written by Americans for Americans and other people around the globe. Have a look at it. Newsweek magazine. And here is the date, August 23 and 30. And it says, the best country in the world is. Has that got your interest? The best? No, no, don't be so prejudiced as to think I'd say Australia is. Why would you think that? The best country in the world is. Are you ready? Oh, there it is up on the screen. Here it is. I'm going to turn to it. It says, the best countries in the world. Forget the World Cup, the Olympics, even the Miss Universe pageant. These are the globe's true 
national champions. Now I'm going to draw some conclusions. If you were born today, which country would provide you with the very best opportunity to live a healthy, safe, reasonably prosperous and upwardly mobile life? What on earth has this got to do with the word? Well, I'll tell you. Here they are. A group of American scholars, sociologists, other people got together. Here it is. Be ready for the surprise from this great American magazine. China is number 59. Russia is 51. Brazil is 46. Mexico, 45. Panama, 41. Vietnam, 81. Nigeria, 99. The top countries in the world. Number one, Finland. You say, I never heard of it. Oh, goodness. Finland, number two, Switzerland. Three, Sweden. Four, Australia. Luxembourg, Norway, Canada, the Netherlands, Japan, Denmark. Number 11, the United States. Germany, number 13, New Zealand. Number 14, the United Kingdom. Number 15, South Korea. Now listen to this, because this is the truth. The best 15 countries in the world, say, says this magazine written by Americans, the best 15 countries in the world, with one exception, are the result of the Protestant Reformation and the preaching of the Bible. I showed this list to somebody, and the man immediately said, they are Protestant countries. Every one of those countries, with the exception of Japan, somebody says, but no, not, not South Korea, my friend. The biggest Protestant church where they preach the Bible is in South Korea. Christianity is storming in South Korea. There came a great movement in the world. Incidentally, I say this with courtesy and love. There are no Muslim countries in the top 20 or anything like that. There came a great religious movement and that great religious movement that spread around the world was based on sola Christos, sola scriptura, only scripture, sola gratia, sola fide. No, we do not want religious hierarchies or dictators. These countries are the children of the Bible. In contrast to other countries that are the sorry products of man-made religion. If you want peace, cleanliness, safety, health, prosperity, freedom, respect for women, believe and receive the divine seed. Amen. Now you say, but many of these countries have become secular, correct? But my friend, it started with a tremendous wave. 
and the wave has become diminished, but the influence continues on. That is a proof I challenge any person to refute. It is an overwhelming proof that there's power in the Word of God. Try going to countries that don't believe it. Now, back for a closer look at the four classes. Pack down dirt, hard-hearted. No spiritual perception. Stony, shallow, superficial, but joyful. These are people who are easily moved. Their Christianity is based on their emotions. So if things are good, they go to church. But if somebody says, oh, what am I? Oh, <laughs> not going to go anymore. Have you met them? Easily offended. When the sun came up, they were withered. There you've got them. The emotional Christians, nothing wrong with emotion, but don't build on emotion. Don't build on it. The thorns, the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the sin of our age. What do you talk about even when you come to church? Some of you come here to church to do business deals. The thorns have got you by the throat. Good soil. I think of my soldiers baptized in 1992 in Russia, still holding firm in spite of hell. I think of Dr. Julia Ukana, baptized in 92, faithful, consistent. Can packed down dirt become soft and receptive, or is it settled forever? As Calvin said, is there any hope? Well, we don't have time to read it now, but in the book of Jeremiah, in the book of Hosea, it says, break up the hard soil. <laughs> That's what it says. So if God says, break it up, then it can be broken up. It can be. We need to open ourselves to the Spirit of God. Some have committed the unpardonable sin, but if you have a desire for God and salvation, it is not too late now. Is there hope for the shallow, emotional believer who wilts when the sun gets hot? There is hope if we let God come into our lives and take the rocks out and build up the soil. Yes, there's hope. Is there hope for the person who is consumed by worldly worries, money, earthly pleasures, the thorns? Yes. But only if he or she has a good hard look at himself or herself and submits to the Spirit. I believe God can work a miracle without cooperation and transform hard, indifferent, pleasure-seeking, worldly, shallow, superficial, emotional hearts. But we need to see our need, repent and be willing. Therefore, here is my message for you today, if you will hear it. 
Let the seed in. Change our ways. And read our Bibles every day. And remember what Jesus said when he spoke to religious people like us sitting here today who think they know it all. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. By God's grace, let us prove John Calvin wrong for the salvation of our souls. Let us kneel. Here we are on our knees, Lord, and some of us are like the people with hard, rocky soil, beaten down by many, many years of use, and we got so hard. Then some of us are like the people with rocks, and so there's not much dirt, and we're superficial. And when persecution or anything comes, a snub even, we're out the door and we wilt. And then some of us are like the people who've got all the thorns. Jesus said the deceitfulness of wealth, worldly worries. God, work a miracle through the mighty power of your word and today change one, two, three, into number four. That we will be good soil and bring forth abundantly and be saved in the kingdom. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. In Jesus' name. Amen. amen. And amen, and amen. Lead me to your heart. Lead me to the cross where your love poured out. Bring me to my knees, Lord. I